Good evening, Patriots. And it's Monday, May 9th on the West Coast and May 10th on the East Coast in the year 2022. Make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. That's the big one. And it's important. Right now, there's so much stress going on and so many things happening. It's easy to get your sleep, let your sleep fall. And with it, your immune system will crash, and you don't want to do that. But we've got a great message here from Mike Lindell to remind you about the great products for sleep and everything that you need. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a dream sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation landing page. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And you can use that promo code anywhere on the Frank Speech site, the My Store site, and the My Pillow site. But the great sales right now are on MyPillow with the buy one, get one free special with amazing deals all over the site. So check out my MyPillow.com. Use your promo code Bards. And if you want to speak to a Patriot Pillow Counselor, a real live breathing person, dial 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. And again, your promo code is BARDS. All right, Patriots, I'm going to dig into kind of some perspectives tonight on Habakkuk. That book is short and very to the point. And I personally think it's very relevant to where we are right now. I don't know if you know the story, but essentially Habakkuk is a prophet and he's, his, the whole book is based on his discussions with God. He doesn't call out Israel in their errors and ways, but he's lamenting to God about the way things have gone. And what evolves in the book is a discussion between he and God as he goes through and talks about all of the things that are happening. And it's, it's very relevant because he talks about how there's no justice left in the, in the world. There's a corrupt leadership. And in our case, it would be the Bible. He refers to the Torah, but I'm saying it's, he's talking about the, the Torah's being neglected, all the scriptures. And he's kind of laying out the situation or the world has just kind of gone to the wolves. And this is where this discussion begins. So I'll read some of the Habakkuk 1. The oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? I cry out to you, violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look at on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. 
you go through this, it's it's very relevant to where we are today. And it's it nails home kind of what we're all feeling and facing. But what comes next is really, it's shaking. And it's something I, I'm reflecting on because there's a key to this whole story, which is faith. And what God comes on to say is, he, God goes on to say, and he says, look among the nations, observe, be astonished, wonder. Because I'm doing something in your days you would not believe if you were told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, which are the reference to Babylon, by the way. That fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than the wolves in the evening. Their horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. Their horde of faces moves forward. They collect captives like sand. They mock at kings and rulers are a laughing matter to them. They laugh at every fortress and heap up the rubble to capture it. Then they will sweep through like the wind and pass on, but they will be held guilty. They whose strength is their God. And Habakkuk responds, Are you not everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We will not die. You, O Lord, have appointed them to judge, and you, O Rock, have established them to correct. Your eyes are not pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why do you look with favor on those who deal treacherously? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than they? Why have you made men like the fish of the sea, like creeping things without a ruler over them? The Chaldeans bring them up, bring all of them up with a hook, drag them away in their net and gather them together in their fishing net. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. Therefore, they offer a sacrifice to their net and burn incense in their fishing net. Because through these things, their, their catch is large and their food is plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continually slay nations without sparing? What's really profound about this passage is that this whole book is it gets to the core of nations shall be judged. And I say this with just a very subdued moment in time that we sit. We are a nation that is arguing currently over the right for abortion. I just listened to a matter of fact, if I can bring it up, I will. I just listened to a pastor and I'm going to be honest with you. This thing completely irritates me. This, I want you to hear this pastor because this is the problem with our pastoring right now. And this is where the progressive ideals have corrupted the pastoring and he can't give you a solid answer about something very critical and it's Roe versus Wade. Take a listen. Pastor responds. Like, oh, pastor, what's your view? Roe v. Wade. My view's always been the same. I care about the kids. I think abortion's wrong. I, I, I don't know how many times, how many times I, more do I need to say that? But I also care about the moms. I care about the young women. 
I care about these, 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 these poor ladies that find themselves in a situation where they don't know what to do. I care about both. So I got to be careful that I don't get caught up in a tennis match between two parties that just want to be elected. That's all they care about. So we got to be really, really careful what we say. We got to be really, really careful how we say it. Because our tone may win us an argument and lose a soul for all eternity. My problem with this discussion is that this is not about a politic issue. Roe v. Wade has never been about politics. It's about the simple fact it's become political. But there's no discussion when it comes to the life of a child. It's that simple. And while I can see where he's trying to do this, he's trying to stay at a distance of the politics, and yes, you can have empathy for the young mothers, the fact of the matter is that the core problem here is a, is a bankrupt morality in a nation. That's our core issue. And we can't be afraid to offend is another issue here because we have to be, we cannot appease both sides on this. You're not going to be able to appease the mother who's now desperate and saying, I'm going to have an abortion. And then at the same time say, well, we have to save all life. You can't walk both those lines. And I bring this up because this is essentially at the core of Habakkuk. It's a nation that has gone completely off the rails. You have an unjust economic system at the time. You have people making money off of loans and interest, through interest. You have slave labor at that time. And today's our slave labor would be those indebted to massive mortgages and house payments and car payments. You have an irresponsible leadership at that time that's more interested in spending its money on sex and drugs and whatever else. And that's trickling down into society that's doing the same thing. And you have the rise of idolatries, which we're seeing here today. Idolatries are taking many forms. Idolatries from the extreme of the satanic church to the, to the places of idolatries of worshiping political leaders like Trump or Biden or any sort of these leader, these singers, rock stars, people out here trying to find a human being to solve the problem. And there's no strength, there's no moral fortitude left in the culture to stand up for what is truly right. So we end up with a pastoring like we just heard that's trying to appease everybody and in the process you accomplish nothing and you turn everything into the equivalent of milk toast. There has to be a point in time when you understand that there's a line in a culture you cannot cross. And if you continually try to appease everything, you end up with moral destruction. You end up with where we are right now. And so essentially Habakkuk is experiencing this and having this conversation with God. And so God reveals to him that he's going to have the Chaladins, which is, the, is Babylon, the people of the Babylonian Empire, he's going to allow them to slay them all and enslave them. And where I'm actually, when I read this, I'm, as I read the, the profile that God gives of the Chaladins, I'm like, or Chaladians, I'm like, I have a lot of resonance with those people. Not because I'm in favor of Babylon, but because they're, even though they are not sitting with God, they have a very defined moral code of what they'll accept, and they can't stand weakness. 
And in the process of not being able to stand weakness, they slay those that are easily slayed. This culture that Habakkuk is part of is so morally bankrupt and they're so consumed with the, the culture of me. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Like us now, this religion of me that's per- permeated in this whole culture is that in all this, they're so consumed in themselves, the defense of, the, of their empire, their, their country is gone. They're infighting amongst themselves. They're conquerable. And because they're conquerable, God's going to let this happen in this story. Right now, our military is divided, our government's divided, our people are divided, and we're divided right now. It, the, the reason I this Roe versus Wade thing has become so important, in my opinion, to this show and to the nation is because it's at the very core of what we value. Do we value life in its precious form all the way through, or are we consumed with ourselves so much that we're worried to giving up what we have in our conveniences and our sexual exploits that we can't take responsibility and accountability for the simple issue of the creation of life. The creation of life is the most, should be the most valued thing in our world. And yet it's the least, you know, what's valuable actually is the debate of whether we should save life. That's an absolute moral bankruptcy. And it's showing up in our pulpits and in our churches, obviously, because pastors don't know how to deal with this. I want to have compassion for the young lady. I want to have this. I got to be careful what I say. I'm not going to be careful what I say. Killing a child's wrong. End of story. For the young lady, I'm sorry you're in the in his example. And for that young person, I'm sorry you're there. But statistically, you're not, you're only, there's only 8% of these cases in the entire country. 8% that are related to incest, rape, something like that or medical complications, 92% of abortions are done because people make the choice to abort, which means that they're making the choice to not be responsible about sex. And so when we get we water abortion down, Roe versus Wade, which, by the way, he doesn't even address, we also know that Roe versus Wade was a complete con job to begin with. The whole thing was made up and paid for. And that's the sickest part of this whole story. So there is really no debate or never was one. They just made it into a debate and 62 million, 70 million unborn babies later that have been vacuumed and destroyed with untold amount of fetal tissue that's somewhere in circulation in our food, in our medical experiments, in the great discoveries of stem cell research. All of that is done on the back of a morally broken society. We are where Habakkuk was. We are witnessing a world. And so again, God allows Israel to be destroyed by Babylon, by a fierce and marauding people who work, they can sweep them up like nothing because they have nothing left to fight for. Some of this is the lessons that I believe in. I would say it's just the way God teaches because a certain point is if you don't want to understand what I have given you, then you shall be judged and you shall lose it. And we see this story come up a time and again in the Old Testament. You shall suffer the consequences of giving up the gifts that I gave you. And with that, you now have to learn what it is you had by virtue of loss. There's a great moral lesson here for all of us right now as a nation. And the biggest thing about Habakkuk is it is a story that is intended to teach us that most nations eventually become Babylon. 
we have become Babylon. The interesting thing about Habakkuk is Habakkuk is that it's also an idea of a future exodus. That God will defeat evil eventually, he will bring about justice, and he will rescue the oppressed. And even at that, people aren't going to wake up until that time comes. Each one of us right now is very much, I'll say many of us right now, that are walking in Christ, talking to God. We're feeling that pressure. We're looking at God saying, God, what is going on? This is an injustice in the world. And I, I will tell you personally, Habakkuk is a very moving book to me because it's, it's also a book of that drives me not to be sitting on the sideline, but to do everything I can. I don't want to be Habakkuk, Habakkuk having an argument with God about and lamenting about God's decision to go one way or another. As a nation, we, are, we will be judged. And there's no way we can't be judged with the amount of death we've given to the newborn and the unborn. That alone is unbelievable. And it's a, it's a heavy darkness that hangs over our entire nation. And it's one that we have to face. And so again, I come back to this whole principle of Roe versus Wade. We have gone so far from on that topic that when we hear a pastor like we just did, it's not even a clear topic anymore. It's like, I'm worried about these girls. I'm, I want life to be saved, but I got to be careful what I say because maybe I'll lose something. It's like, how about if you just say it? And why don't you ask, why don't we ask the big question? And the big question is, why is it that you're there in the begin with? And it comes down to this simple act that a guy can't keep it in his pants and the girls can't keep from spreading their legs. Harsh, but true. These are difficult times as a nation because we are being judged. And part of that judgment is we have to look into ourselves and we have to have the voices that will speak the truth. Ted Cruz washes that one under the rug today. I played this earlier, but I want to play it again because I want you to hear kind of this sidestepping of Roe versus Wade. Take a listen. The kind of angry leftists, many of whom are pretty ignorant and don't even know what overturning Roe means, I think a month afterwards are going to be surprised, wait, nothing about my life changed. That was the framers' view in the Constitution, is to let the, the, the rules in each state reflect the values of the citizens of those states. So what does that say about the states whose values, apparently, are to choose to support the murder of children? And here's a bigger question. As a nation, can we coexist in a nation where we have states that are willfully out here advocating for the dis- the death of unborn side by side with states that are de- adamantly defending the rights of the unborn how do we coexist with that because that's those are two different moral bases now how do we get there how do we get that resolution and and, and the answer is i don't know how we get back because this is, this is this fundamental core issue of this nation. To me, that is what Roe versus Wade is really getting down to, is a nation that has moved so far from the core center of faith, that rock of faith, that we're now standing on a rock that's crumbling under us, and we're asking ourselves, I wonder if we should save a child or whether we should murder a child. And part of, them, part of people are saying, but it's my right to choose to murder. It's phenomenal to me. And so I'm not... I don't see an easy path through here other than the hand of God. And quite frankly, if we're going to follow the template of Habakkuk, 
and this is not a prophecy by any means, but I would say if we're going to look at life in the lens of Habakkuk, I'd be looking around asking ourselves right now, what the heck is coming down the pipe? Because what's the question, and I think it can be led a different way. What is it going to take to wake people up to the value of life and the preciousness of the gift of life? And sadly, there's only one thing that I know that it gets people there, and that's pain and suffering. And it's only through pain and suffering that people finally turn to God and start saying, God, help me. And we're in that process. And we're, yes, and we're slowly getting there as people are waking up with this ruling of Roe versus Wade or whatever it's going to be, but the discussion. But the fact is that we're slowly creeping into a place where pain and suffering is going to have to, is going to be increasing. Is it going to be starvation? We're seeing the squeeze on the gas prices. Not one of us has been excluded from that pain. 80,000 documents and and two years of of fighting to wake people up on the COVID vax, and that's still denied by a large percentage of the people because they haven't seen the bodies laying in the streets. And even if they did, arguably, they would be saying that, it, oh, my goodness, it's a, new, it's a new outbreak. Give me another shot. 70 million, 62 to 70 million, depends on when you do the date, but effectively 70 million babies unborn destroyed through abortion. That's not phasing people. And it's, what's stunning to me is when you, the people that are promoting this are saying that that's okay. The genocide of, a human, of the human species is an okay thing if we yet we're sitting these same people are waving the flag of ukraine because they're worried about a russian invasion to schwack a bunch of bunch of nazis this is our country and quite frankly to make it clear that is the state of the union i mean we i i would love to see a president finally stand up there and say the truth rather than give us some polished turd of a speech that tries to tell us in a glossy sense is that the State of the Union is great and we're going to be building jobs. How about if we hear something like this? Madam Speaker, an audience, I would like to give you the State of the Union. We're morally bankrupt. We've killed and murdered 70 million babies through abortion, and we're struggling with the discussion of whether we should kill more. That's the State of our Union. We've left God on the sidelines, and while we're struggling to bring him back in, another half of you are over here trying to ram the stake to the heart of God, while you worship Moloch and the sacrifice of children. That's the state of our union. We have an obligation to speak these truths. Because the one thing that we learn from Habakkuk is that God so loves his children that he never, ever stops. But like a good father, he's going to have to allow lessons to be learned. This is one of the reasons I don't agree with the pleading prayers of God fixed this is so miserable. We have to work through this as people and we have to walk with God, which is distinctly different. Take the wisdom of God, but it isn't that the expectation that somehow God's going to come in here and fix this whole mess for us. We're not there yet. We haven't arrived at a point where enough people are at a point where they're just finally looking to God to say, God help us. And that's sad. Because this, the, the saddest part about all of this is how easy this is resolved. And the ease by which it's resolved is this. All we have to turn to God is, and do is as a nation repent. 
humble ourselves before him and beg for mercy. We showed a power of that at Bards Fest last year. And it does have a power. But as a nation, that's something we still have yet to do. We've done it in small groups for the nation. But as a nation, we have yet to be there. And we're quite a ways from there. Especially when we look at this silliness. And I say silliness, it's a sick silliness of this debate of whether we should kill children or not. I'm just, I'm struggling with that constantly. It's like, how is this debate even possible? If you have any sense of human, by the way, most of these people that are arguing this are going to be against eating meat. Most of them will be vegetarian, eating a soy heavy diet, which is probably turning their brain into mush. They will believe in eating bug protein plant-based burgers, and 3D-printed steaks. They believe in property confiscation and collectivism. And they believe that the human race is a scourge on the earth and needs to be cold and removed. So you can start to see the dehumanizing aspect. Nowhere in there is there the, is the preciousness of life. And most of them, at least I won't say most, but many of them that are pushing for this haven't been through the whole process of motherhood. I still question, like I talked about last night, is where are we with the whole sense of motherhood as we celebrate the weekend of, as we celebrate the weekend, mom's weekend, how many of these people that are pushing for abortion have children? I don't have that statistic, by the way. But my guess is you're going to find very few of them have nurtured a child that are out here pushing for abortion. And if they have, and if they are doing that and they are pushing that, then that's pretty sick because you're now saying that by selective editing, you can decide who's going to live and who's going to die for your own convenience. We're back to the, the, the worship of me. And that's ultimately so much at the core of Habakkuk, which is the religion of me, is the downfall. And the beautiful part of the whole story of Habakkuk is God doesn't leave ever. God isn't pulling away, but God understands very clearly that his people must go through a process to be able to return to him. And in the end, everyone will be held accountable. And we're there. People in power that are playing games with politics. We have delusional people in this nation that are literally eager to see a war fought with Russia for whatever reason. There's a frenzy of this nonsense going on still. And again, I take this all down to the simple relationship that we have with the unborn. Because once you strip away the value of the unborn, you can also strip away the value in our wisdom class, which are elderly. I shared this yesterday, and I'm going to share it again today. I mean, I, I'm. I just put some. I just purchased some cattle up on our property, and literally, sat there yesterday just watching the cows and their calves. You know, in the process of life and creation, it's just what drives the animal kingdom. We put a bull up there yesterday, a new one we picked up, and it decided to take a walkabout because it, his herd, all of his cows are pregnant or have calves already, and there's a, a neighbor 
that has a bunch of cows over there that are getting finished and ready for the meat market or auction at least. And so they're not pregnant. And so they literally walked the fence, our fence, up and down, up and down, up and down, taunting him until a 1,200-pound bull decided to take a walk through a three-wire bob-wire fence and go join him. And he's just going to do it because he can, 1,200 pounds of determination. But I, I, the reason I bring this up is cows want to be bred. Bull wants to breed. And they all want to become mamas of a way, right? They want to become a nurturing mother to a, to a calf. It's, it's just who they are. It's what they are. And we're sitting here as human beings with everything, with dominion over this world, with the right to, to do what we want, to have the free will with unbelievable gifts from God. And we're sitting here trying to argue that we want to have sex but if we get pregnant, a portion of this nation wants to have the right to be reckless and then to kill life. I, mean, I just, I still struggle with that. And I, I don't just still, I mean, it's such a massive statement to the moral bankruptcy of where we are. And that's at the core of all of this. We are having to, we're going to have to grow up as a country if we're going to survive. That's the bottom line. And maybe we don't. I mean, when I say that, and I go back to that example, and it's something I think we have to look very deeply at, which is where are we going to walk in this value argument? A moral argument, not even a value argument. It's a moral argument. Where are we going to walk here? Are we going to go back to the place of compromise and start saying, well, yeah, I know. Some people want it. Some people don't. We got some states, and they're going to let it happen, and we've got some other states that say they won't, and in the end, it's kind of their choice. Is that how we're going to walk? Or are we going to hold to faith and the preciousness of life and say, we can't live with you? Because I don't think I can. I can't coexist with people that are advocating for a sacrifice to ball. Doesn't make it. Not in my world. So what does that start to look like? And that's the question, because as a nation, are we going to fight for uni unity and, and a United Nations or United States? Are we going to fight for that at the expense of our morals again, united at any cost? Or are we going to take a hard stand on this one? Because it's going to become a state's issue, and that starts to ripple into many, many discussions. These aren't easy times. And this is where we now have to face a conqueror of sorts and its morality and its values and its faith. Interesting thing is that Habakkuk kind of in the whole story, it alludes to God creating an exodus for his people. And I'll be honest, that exodus seems very real to me. The more that we go down this road and necessary because the values of a progressive left, the values that they are advocating for of the culture of me, the desire to live forever in a computer matrix, the collectivism, the eating human-made crap that they call food, the perpetual belief in anything fear-driven, the idea that states can dictate exactly what they need to do and they'll be good, obedient slaves. And 
the biggest one of them all. The idea that they can make a choice for their own benefit of whether to terminate life of an unborn simply because they were reckless and irresponsible without any accountability. That's not something I can coexist with. So I don't know what we do with them. But I do know that the walk and the path that I'm on is building into the communities, the tribes, the connectivity in this country and in this world of people of common values and common morals that values life and building that way. And as for the others, like I said, nowhere in Scripture does it say unity at any cost. And I think that's something we all have to think very heavily on and pray on because to walk down that path of unity at any cost, you might as well put your Bible in the closet and lock it up because that's compromise is the central piece to that. And I'm not going to do that. Let's pray. Father, we've come to a point in our lives where we're beginning to realize in this valley of decision that we're going to have to make some very hard decisions in the coming days, weeks, months, years. That these decisions will ultimately dictate where we walk. For now, Lord, we're, we are in a nation that is morally bankrupt. We're walking with the love of you and the love of Christ building that relationship and trust in you and trusting in you fully in this difficult time as we're reminded in the story of Habakkuk to keep our faith in you through this, that this is the only thing that will bring us through, that the righteousness or the righteous will live by their faith. And so shall we. So Lord, we pray for this nation to wake up because there's no coexisting with those that seek to value life so little that the idea that of sex becomes such an obsession and irresponsibility with that such an irresponsible place that abortion becomes a form of birth control and the destruction of life becomes so commonplace that we lose the very humanity with which we are so lord we pray for that awakening to see exactly what's happening here we pray for the awakening of, of the soul, of the awakening of the true sense of humanity to once again value life as it should be, not as an occasional issue that gets in our way because we want to live a selfish life. We, we pray for those that have made that choice and we pray for those that are out here screaming for the right to murder children. They themselves that are here because a parent made the choice to bring them into this world. Forgive them. And hopefully we can heal them. So Lord, we just ask for your strength and your discernment as we walk forward to keep this true path that we walk, continually walking as you direct us. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It is actually no surprise if you really think about it, where we are as a nation, that we've arrived at a point 
where our elderly are outcasts and our children are a selective decision of whether we want to have a child or want to have sex. And if we, and that's, that's kind of where we are. Life has become just very disposable would be the right term. The good news is that we have the continued power to share God's word and the love of life and that there's more and more of that awakening. And so we must, and we should, in my opinion. And we must share that view and grow that view so that we can create a better world. I want you to, I want to close tonight with this really cool TikTok piece from classicallearner.com. Really awesome piece. Take a listen. Don't worry about food shortages. They can't stop you from building a garden. Don't complain about hookup culture. Get married. Have a baby. Don't worry about your culture being replaced. Build a better one. Make original music. Write children's books. Support grassroots social media, alternative media, and homeschool your children. I could help with that. Because you might just discover you've always had the power. Check out my private homeschool community and Cubs to Bears books. Don't worry. Yep. That's one person is fighting like heck to make this happen. And that's something we all need to do. So Patriots, we have a lot of hope in this nation, but I would just remind everybody that hope, don't confuse hope with unity at any cost. Our hope rests in our strength, in our faith, that powerful walk that we're doing together in that walk with Christ and to revive that beautiful love of life and the appreciation for all that we're given. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. We need to have some really heavy-duty prayers for this nation right now. And in the end, God will always win, but he has us here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then, until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to the level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now Fit.
Over the hill where the lost got found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you. 